Our keynote speaker tonight shows us that being motivated to become skilled can change your life. Chef Jeff Henderson could have easily become another statistic. Instead, he learned from his mistakes and became not only a top chef, but also an inspiration to many. After serving nearly 10 years for a drug conviction, he used his street smarts to make his way up from dishwasher to executive chef at Cafe Bellagio in Las Vegas. His story was first told in the New York Times best-selling memoir, Cooked, My Journey from the Streets to the Stove, which is being adapted into a film starring Will Smith. On his Food Network show, The Chef Jeff Project, he takes at-risk youth under his wings to teach them culinary skills and to give them the chance at a new life. His mission is to give back and help others reach their full potential. His story is truly one of inspiration and hope. Please join me in welcoming New York Times best-selling author and America's most inspirational culinary star, Chef Jeff. Finally tonight, our person of the week. He's an ex-convict who's the first to tell you he is not proud of his early years. But after turning his life around, he's cooked up a way to reach troubled young people and give them a chance. When I first went to prison, I, I pretty much felt that I, I was done. I was finished. And I blamed everyone for my shortcomings. But it wasn't until several years after my incarceration uh, when I began to value education. I began to set responsibility for my past. And that planted the seed for change. And what a change Jeff Henderson has made. He has gone from crack dealer to prison inmate to celebrated chef. His love for cooking started in a prison kitchen. I used to be the omelet man in prison. But cooking for inmates and then after release convincing a fancy restaurant to hire him were two very different things. I had to defuse the prison stigma. I had to make the felony jacket disappear. You know, I had to straighten up the way I walk. You know, I had to clean shave my face. I took makeup to cover my earring hole up and I learned to smile. He started as a dishwasher. Eventually, a mentor at Caesar's Palace in Las Vegas took a chance on Jeff, and four years after getting out of prison, he was an executive chef at Caesar's. For many cooks, that might be enough. But Chef Jeff wanted more. He wrote a best-selling warts and all memoir, started a catering company, and is now the star of the Chef Jeff Project on the Food Network. With garlic, herb, It's potatoes. not your average right. cooking show. Seriously. I'm gonna be your preacher, a chef, your father. I wanted to create a show that changes lives, inspires lives, and motivates lives through the power of food. That's what this Chef Jeff Project is about. I was able to take six young people who come from diverse backgrounds, gangs, drugs, homelessness, um, dysfunctional families, and create an opportunity for them. Said, this look like what I showed you. If they all make it through Chef Jeff's six-week culinary boot camp, he'll provide them with scholarships to a cooking school. But Chef Jeff hasn't forgotten his brothers still inside. There's a lot of people who've been to prison who's successful out there. They just don't talk about it. I talk about it. I know for the because rest of my life that I'll be giving back, trying to fix the wrong. Um, I'm not proud of what I've done in my former life. Uh, today, I do truly believe that it's my responsibility. Tears a day, huh? But it's also my passion. You know, besides cooking, I truly believe it's my calling to touch the lives of people who feel they have no hope or have no potential to, to be successful. And so we choose Jeff Henderson.
Ladies and gentlemen, Chef Jeff Henderson. Thank you. Wow. Good evening, everyone. First of all, before I begin my talk, not a speech, but a talk, I want to say that I am extremely blessed, I am extremely honored to have been chosen by Skills USA to give a talk this evening to all 14,000 of some of the most extraordinary young people in the world. I say I'm blessed because I'm not supposed to be here. I could have died at the age of 16 when I was stabbed by gang members. I could have died on the streets when I was living during the darkest moments of my life. I could have died while I was incarcerated in federal prison. But there's a reason while I'm here. There's a reason why I was blessed to live to turn 47. My story from the streets to the stove is my story. My story of resilience, my story of transformation, mixed with the power of potential. The power of potential is something that we were all born with. And when I talk to you this evening, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what your story is, the color of your skin, the religion that you worship. It doesn't matter what hand you was dealt in life. I truly believe that we were all born with a gift. A gift to achieve a level of excellence. A gift to achieve the American dream. The American dream to me, as a little boy, the dreamer, the little boy with the thick Coke bottle glasses, the little boy who grew up in poverty in a dysfunctional and broken home. A little boy who saw his father leave at the age of two. Who was measured by the homeboys in the neighborhood who stood on street corners and manufactured dreams. I was a little boy who failed through his 12 years of public education. But I was a little boy who saw something that my father never saw. I was a little boy who saw something that my grandfather didn't see in me. Those thick glasses that I wore as a little boy, 
were magical. I was able to see beyond poverty. I was able to see beyond my circumstances as a little black boy growing up in South Central Los Angeles who rode the school bus to school every day. What I saw through those glasses out of the school bus window as a little boy was the American dream, the American dream that I wanted for my mother, who worked two jobs most of her life, who I watched come home many a night and drank herself to sleep, frustrated, because she couldn't get on the path of prosperity. The path of prosperity, the path of extraordinary, the path of the American dream does not come easy. The American dream has to be worked hard for. In order to live the American dream, you must have vision. You must have purpose. So looking through the window at the big houses on the hill with the white picket fence, the houses that had a double car garage, refrigerators filled with choices for breakfast, lunch, and dinner on quiet streets, free of gunshots and violence, the big house on the hill. That was my dream at the age of seven. Tonight isn't about me. I'm the vessel of the message. The message of no matter who you are, no matter in your darkest moments, anyone can, can, can achieve greatness. So as a dreamer, as the number one newspaper seller in my neighborhood, the number one candy seller, the little boy who developed, whose voice spoke to him young. You see, people who are successful, people who make it to the top, people who finish the race, Everyone in this arena, including every adult, every corporation, every student, every advisor, is here and is successful because we had the fire in our belly. All right, Chef Jeff's warming up now. When you have the fire in your belly, that little voice that talks to you, that little voice that gives you signals throughout your life, that inspires you, that allows you to see things that ordinary people can't see. Because remember, extraordinary people become successful. The ones who discover their gift, the ones who discover their potential. Well, I was a little boy, like maybe some of you or people you may know in your school, in your neighborhood who had all the potential in the world. But the people around me and some of you and some of them did not see the potential, did not see the gift. So what happened was sometimes we get on the wrong path in life. We get on the wrong path in life sometimes because we make poor choices that are influenced by characters who are around us who are haters, who are dream crushers, who are jealous and envious because they see the fire in you, because they don't believe that they can do what you have accomplished the 
this far. So I made poor choices. I got involved with drugs. I went to prison. Drugs became my meal ticket, like millions of young people of color in this country. My generation influenced a generation of young people that have filled the prison systems across America, that influenced young geniuses to use the gifts that they were born with for wrong. But I'm not going to sit here this evening, and I'm not going to blame. I'm not going to jump on the victim bandwagon and say, because of my circumstances, I made poor choices, and this is why I came face to face with the darkest moment of my life at the age of 23. But what happens when you get knocked down, what happens when you're faced with adversity, what happens when, when people say that you can't, and they have your foot on your back, and they say you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, the color of your skin won't allow you to get access to some of the brightest minds in the world, it's not true. Because it was during my darkest moment, it was during many times when we're faced with adversity in our life, that we find the power, that we find the capability to achieve and come back in tune with that voice that spoke to us. It was in prison when I read my first book. And as you begin to embrace education and embrace reading, it allowed me to see myself different. And young people, when you begin to see yourself different, you begin to see the world different. When you see the world different, the blinders come off and you're able to seize the moment of opportunity. In prison, I did that. I was told that I was smart for the first time in my life at the age of 27 by a Wall Street CEO, who told me, Henderson, you're a smart guy. He says, all you gotta do is change the product. Change the product, build integrity, build character. You will get the access you'll be able to be around the individuals with the information, the access. So throughout my 10 years of prison, I began to read books. I went to school. I studied. I earned my GED after three and a half years. I became the head inmate cook, the head inmate baker, the sergeant of arms of Toastmasters, and I joined the think tank in prison where we brought the brightest minds together. And we threw a topic in the middle of the table, and we had discussion about life. But prison was this something that happened to me was my moment. So I don't really want to focus on that. I want to say that no matter what you're faced with, it's never too late. So during that period of my incarceration, I embraced education. I realized that education truly matters. But let me tell you something, that piece of paper does not guarantee you success. Most of you will not win tomorrow the grand prize of first place. But every one of you will win. Every one of you will finish individually. And that's what matters, is finishing the race.
because you don't give up. There's lessons in not winning. There's lessons in failure. So when you may not win the top prize, you win by understanding your weaknesses, identifying your strengths. So when you move into your career, your trade in life, you understand how to navigate that road to the American dream. It's your gift. It's the gift. See, everybody puts their pants on the same way, one leg at a time. That gift that you was born with is what will define you in life, the gift, what you was born to do. Once you identify that gift, there's no stopping you, the gift. The gift became my focus. The gift became my pathway to success, the power of skills. I saw many young people today working, competing, building, learning, networking, building relationships, all the traits of success, all the traits that you need to have when you leave your program, your training, to go out into the world. So when I talk about having the master skill, when I talk to the individuals who win tomorrow, the ones who finish the race, there's other pieces of the puzzle you must possess. Common sense, the ability to communicate, the know-how how to build strategic relationships that allow you access to the powers of the world to get you in, the power of skills. That's what it's really about. I was blessed almost five years ago to sit on the couch with this amazing woman, Oprah Winfrey. When I went on her show, I was nervous. We never talked about food. Even though I was a chef at some of the finest restaurants and hotels on the West Coast, I realized in life and at that moment I began to challenge my calling. It never was about food. Oprah gave me a platform to do what I believe I was called to do, is to teach and reach the hearts and the minds and be able to motivate and inspire young people like yourselves. And she gave me a platform to travel this country into amazing suburban schools, inner city schools, rural schools around the world. There's many young people out there like yourselves who have the gift, who have the power of skills to achieve what you have. But they need you guys, you guys and gals to be that shining moment, that light of inspiration, because they live in a mental prison. They don't believe that they can do what you do. This is why this week of Skills USA, in some sense, it's really not all about you. It's about paying it forward. It's about the example you become 
When you graduate and you get your certificate, you go out in the world and become a journeyman, a leader in your skill, in your career, paying it forward, giving back. All of the companies that are here today, all the amazing organizations who spent over $30 million, don't get it twisted. Don't think they're here for entertainment. They're here because they believe in you. They're here and they invest money in you because they can see the extraordinary possibilities in every 14,000 of you and instructors here in this arena. Nobody has time to play around. They're here because they believe in you. They see the skill set. They see the gift that every one of you was blessed with. You have every opportunity right here, right now, tonight, to get ultimately motivated. Believe that. It's about achievable dreams. Everybody has a dream. But the dream will never produce fruit if you don't find purpose, if you're not humble in pursuing that dream. Young people, the young children, meet St. Louis. They don't smile. They have no hope. How can they smile if the teacher doesn't smile up on the wall? How can they can't believe in the American dream if they don't see, hear, or experience. You are blessed. Believe that. Believe that. What is your dream? What do you want to achieve at the end of the day? Which will ultimately define you. When you look at this wall, can all of you young people stand, please, and repeat after me. Connected. I am educated. I get involved. I am prepared. I have skills, mad skills, and I am respected. And you are respected because some of the greatest brands in America is here because of you. Look at the person standing next to you. Look at the person standing next to you. You are blessed. And let me tell you something. You must pay it forward. You must pay it forward. Thank you. Thank you. So I, so I close now. So I close now. And I have to say that I am living the American dream. And today at the age of 47, I can stand next to this flag and say America is the greatest country in the world.
America is a forgiving country, and it is a country of opportunity. And when I say I'm living the American dream, it's because my son, Jeffrey Jr., is here, right here. Yes. And he is watching and observing. He is the next generation that comes after you. And every day when I'm home, I can say as a father and a husband and a God-fearing man, when I wake up every day when I'm home, my children say, good morning, Mommy, and good morning, Daddy. Something I've never said in my life. Thank you. So tonight, I salute you. God bless you. I wish you all the best. You are amazing. You are extraordinary. You are motivated. You are inspiring. I salute you. Hoorah! Thank you. Hoorah! 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 That's right. Thank you. Still